Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello uh yes back again we are soliciting yelp reviews so if you've got a good yelp review for us let us know we don't do yelp reviews but you could leave us a review on apple podcasts that would be appreciated a review on apple podcasts Clearly, you weren't watching the episode. People can just get Yelp <laughs> yeah, reviews. That was going to be one of the first things <laughs> I wanted to talk about. If you're just a regular person, you can type your name into Yelp and just get a review of your character. What a nightmare. Goodreads is bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you have any personal hurtful reviews, please send them our way. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, please don't actually. <laughs> we won't look for them. We learned our lesson Via, via Charlie. I was going to say, did you get something? Because I, I missed it. <laughs> no. So. This episode is wild to me in so many ways, Sam. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Like ev- every story hits like a personal note for me. Oh, okay. So it's it, 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 it resonated with you because you found a lot in common with the things that happened. In some ways, yes. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I'm so tired. I'm going to state that off the bat. I am so tired right now. My book is due next week. It's not a cute time in my life. But I'm here to talk about How I Met Your Father with you, to talk about another interesting attempt at Jewish representation on How I Met Your Father. There has been a shocking amount of it, considering there is not a single Jewish character in the main cast. (laughs) But here we are again. I mean, we don't know that, do we? I feel like there are enough opportunities to know it at this point between a Shiva and a bat mitzvah. True. But, you know, we don't know. Jesse could be. But if Jesse could be, then Ellen could be. And Ellen clearly was not. Well, is that true? They grew up in separate households. That's true. Point made. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still it's still too early to call. I think that you are very optimistic in this take. <laughs> The, the the logic works both ways. Like, I don't know, like there's nothing to prove or disprove. So it's just <laughs> too early to call. Okay, well, let's get into it because I have a lot of things to say. First off, the title of this episode, season one, episode seven of How I Met Your Father is called Rifka Rebel. And as soon as I saw that title, I was like, the writing was on the wall for me because Rifka is a Hebrew name. So I was just like, what are they going to do? To me specifically. They weren't doing anything <laughs> to you. Wait, so you're saying that you already were not a fan of the episode before it even started? I just, based on the title, I went into it just with low expectations. Based on what we have seen already, you know, in the episode with the Shiva, we had Charlie mixing up two elderly Jewish women just questionable it's just like really leaning into different like jewish stereotypes mm-hmm. so far and this one we got you know full jewish american princess full jap energy and the most like stereotypical of stereotypical ridiculous bat mitzvah parties true although this bat mitzvah i, I don't know about you this bat mitzvah was kind of lame i mean it seemed like it all took place in the lobby <laughs> there is no scale. <laughs> Budget of a multicam sitcom. Yeah. But I mean, it alluded to it being a big deal. I mean, if Lin-Manuel Miranda attended this this child's bot mitzvah. You can allude to something. Just because you allude to something being a big deal does not actually make it a big deal. I can allude to the fact that I have uh, five Teslas, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, 
you're going to sit here and tell me that you didn't see anything even like vaguely anti-Semitic about this episode? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, but I, I will, I will, I will say like, I wasn't, go, I wasn't, I feel like a skeptical going in before we had even seen anything. I was ready for it. Okay. I, I was braced. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we want to talk about before we jump in? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think if there was any like Hillary Duff news of note. If there was, I feel like there's something I wanted to talk about, but I'm too tired to remember. Something you wanted to talk about regarding Hillary Duff. Here we go. Is it (laughs) that Hillary Duff is addressing uh, letting her three-year-old ride in the car? Wait, is it her three-year-old or a different three-year-old ride in the car without a car seat? It was her three-year-old. I think she was in the car with, is this when she was in the car with Molly Bernard? Uh, Oh, Yes. This was, wasn't what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about um, a TikTok that popped up on my FYP today that did a deep dive into this theory that Hillary and Haley are no longer on speaking terms based on their social media history over the past year. What can I say? The algorithm knows me. Apparently, they haven't been like liking or interacting with each other on Instagram in over a year. We don't have to talk about real life Duff stuff. Let's just let's just talk about TV. Well, no, now you made me look at this and I'm looking and it's like, oh, her response was, you're telling me you've never put your kids in the backseat to drive a block before with an adult back there. I'm like, happy new year to you too. I just don't understand it. Like how was the car seat not just always in the car? I don't understand either. Or maybe not a car seat, but like a booster seat. Like you take it in and out of your car every time. There's an implication that there's never a booster seat back here because why it just makes no sense. Maybe it's a different car. I don't know. That she's driving? I have no idea. Maybe it's a different car that she is driving with another adult in the backseat. I don't want to speculate about the car seat drama. I would much rather speculate about the current state of the sister relationship. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Like Hillary's. Husband Matthew Coma does not follow Haley on Instagram, mm-hmm. but Haley follows him. They don't interact with each other's posts anymore. And like prior to like January 2021, they were always posting together. So I had never like this had not crossed my mind. I was not just sitting here around thinking like, oh, it's like, I don't know who has the time to really be like doing deep dives on like the Duff sisters social media history. But someone did, and it popped up on TikTok, and now I'm intrigued. I mean, this sounds pretty conspiratorial, so I wouldn't take too much stock in a TikTok conspiracy. It's led you down the wrong path before. <laughs> well, also, apparently, there was a... I, I forget what, who the source was. It was. Like a people, or there was an article that Haley Duff did um, and she, where she said that she hadn't met Hillary's baby, like months 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 like like this was like in august after she was born like they haven't seen each they didn't see each other during the holidays and it is conspiratorial because what people are theorizing is that Haley duff is an anti-vaxxer and that is why and is that also spurned on by the lack of a car seat she's like safety get out of here safety overrated No, this is two different situations. Hillary Duff's not an anti-vaxxer. Haley Duff is the anti-vaxxer. I think Haley Duff is the anti-vaxxer. I thought you were saying Hillary is the- No, 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 no. Oh, okay. She's been vaxxed. She got COVID while vaxxed. She's, I think the conspiracy is that they have different viewpoints and Haley is much more conservative and that is what TikTok has led us to. Wow. I hope it's all just like internet bullshit. I don't want this to be true. Like maybe they just don't have defined their relationship through like Instagram comments anymore. Maybe they have grown up. Maybe they've taken opposite sides in the Jamie Lynn versus Britney battle. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That's news. Did you see that Britney Spears? Oh my God. <laughs> I now share a publisher with Britney Spears. I did not see that. No. Yeah, she's she's writing her story as Britney she Spears, should. It, she's writing the story, or someone else is writing her story. We'll find out. I mean, like, I would imagine that she's going to be working 
with a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. But who knows? It's her story. It's ready to tell all. I think I read that Simon and Schuster gave her like fifteen million dollars to do it. So wow, why won't Simon off. and Schuster give you fifteen million dollars? <laughs> We're not going to talk about that <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> this feels like grounds to protest. <laughs> I'm not Britney, bitch. That is the news. Okay. Let's jump into this episode. Today, we are talking about How I Met Your Father, Season 1, Episode 7, Rifka Rebel. In this episode, Valentina helps Sophie with an unexpected career opportunity. Jesse and Sid struggle with procrastination, and Charlie seeks out a nasty Yelp reviewer. Like I said, lots to unpack. Mm-hmm. A lot of this felt personal. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Quick update on... Uh... How the show is tracking. The show is down to 35% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.1 out of 10 IMDb rating. These are just facts. These are not our opinions. These are just facts as of this moment. Yeah. they're. I mean, they're lucky women 18 to 34 are keeping them afloat. Yes, for sure. <laughs> what I do think is interesting is that the people have spoken and the people really liked season one, episode six, Stacy. It's the high, it was the highest rated episode thus far at 7.5 out of 10 stars. Uh, and all the rest are in the sixes. Uh, this episode falls somewhere in the middle. And I'd agree with that. Yeah, I agree with the people too. I think that last week there were so many iconic moments. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there was like that one or two lines that stood out this week to me. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would. Yes. Actually, the one that did stand out to me when this is when I almost quit was when Rivka Rebel, who will get will get all into this. But when we meet her, she is doing like an IG live because her whole thing is she's like a child influencer, which like I have so many thoughts. But I believe the first words we hear out of her mouth are you can contour a bad nose, but not a bad attitude. And I hated that. Nailed it. (laughs) Oh, we didn't do our father check. Why? No father. Nowhere in sight. I think, you know, Jesse has kind of faded to the back. And now they're trying to, like, bring him back in to focus a little bit. We got to talk about the bangle. I don't know where all my sounds from last week went. They've disappeared. No, they were so good. Did you add anything to the board for this week? I did. Yes. Wait, Timothy Chalamet, the pro wrestler? (laughs) That was wild. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know where the other ones went. It's very strange. I do like how this show keeps giving us little, like, nostalgic guest star moments. Like, we didn't talk about this last week. I mean, like, because I completely missed it until I was talking about it with friends after the fact that the woman who played Mia, Messy Mia, last week was on Even Stevens. Back in the day Mm -hmm. with Christy Carlson Romano herself. So that's cool. And then this week there was, this was a smaller cameo, but in the Jesse and Sid story, when they get locked out of their apartment because of the birds and animal control comes, the actor who plays that little cameo role is David DeLuise, who played the father on Wizards of Waverly Place. They're just, it just, I don't know if it's, necessarily intentional but they're just really pulling in all these little early to mid-aughts moments for us yeah that's how they're gonna keep you in that's how they keep you except i recognize neither of them because i watched neither of those shows yes sam we know you didn't watch disney (laughs) channel that's your whole thing that's why we're here today we get it (laughs) if i had known that not watching disney channel would get me here today I might have made a few different choices. (laughs) Yeah, but overall, like the people said, very middle of the road episode. I don't know that I have anything else to really add off the top. So I think let's just let's just jump into the episode and get into it. This episode is really the first time that we see Sophie not working per se, but attempting. We're seeing her trying to get a career opportunity. We are seeing her engage with her photography. We still have not seen a single piece of her work, but the episode- No, we saw, we saw one piece, did we not? We saw <laughs> Drew with a child. 
Or no, not Drew. Sorry, Jesse with a child. I do this every time. Every time. Right, the profile picture. Yes. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like her her whole like quote unquote street photography passion. Like and talk about her creative work. Still have not had seen one one photo. But we start off, she is at a gallery and she has a meeting with Naomi Reisberg, who is, what do you say, a curator? I don't even know what she is. <laughs> like, yeah, that was not. I was, she owns I was a confused. gallery. This was a gallery. I thought when they first when they first got here, I thought it was like a magazine or something. No, it sounds like she's trying to get her f- photos into like a show, like an exhibit. Oh, okay. It's more of a curation situation, not like a print. Well, you would need to have them printed to be in the gallery, would you not? I meant print in terms of print media, oh. like not trying to get it like in <laughs> in a magazine or a newspaper or something. Oh, okay. Sorry that I was using, you know, my former communications <laughs> degree lingo. I digress. Sophie has a last name. We learned it for the first time in this episode. We did? Yeah, she's Sophie Tompkins. Sophie Tompkins. Interesting. <laughs> Sophie learns very quickly that she is not here to discuss her work. There is an opportunity, but it has nothing to do with the portfolio that she submitted because Naomi did not even look at her portfolio. She needs a photographer for her daughter's bat mitzvah. And she saw Sophie's event photography. It's a very last minute situation. I don't know if you're talented, but... I need a photographer and it can be this, this whole like situation just felt so ridiculous in terms of the setup. Basically the deal is if Sophie, a stranger who this woman just like found on the internet agrees to be the photographer and if she does a good job, mm-hmm. then Naomi will look at her portfolio. Yes. So is Sophie not getting paid for this? Is that the payment? Yeah. Because that's a bad deal. Pro bono, I guess. I will say for a photographer, like having worked at, and been photographed by photographers, she seems very unprepared. What is this lens? This is not a photo- this is not a portrait lens. What are you doing here? And you, and and she's not double cameraing. What is she doing here? Yeah, she has one camera. It looks like what a Nikon. She's got I mean, it's not the camera that's necessarily the problem. The camera's fine. It's the lens choice that she's using here. What lens is that? Just a standard? To me, it looks like a wide. Yeah, but you're right. We had professional photography. She had two cameras. (laughs) She had two cameras. You know what the thing that drives me crazy about Sophie the photographer? And this is such a small thing. The fact that she doesn't wear it around her neck either. Like she doesn't use the strap. She just like awkwardly is always carrying it. I thought you were going to say that she has a bow tie, but she didn't even bother to tie it. (laughs) Well, that is an aesthetic choice. That's just stupid. (laughs) No, I'm talking about how, yeah, uncomfortable she seems with a camera. Apparently, this bat mitzvah is going to be, the guest list is stacked. And you're also telling me there's no, like, videographer? Like, is is she the videographer as well? That would be impossible. That is two tasks. (laughs) <laughs> that is two tasks. <laughs> there were many name drops. I remember Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I know there was more than that. Mm-hmm. Basically, this, again, I guess art curator knows people. Well, clearly not enough people because no one will come to photograph this bat mitzvah. <laughs> I know the whole situation, the setup is a little a little wonky for me, but that's that's the story. That is the A story here. Sophie's going to a bat mitzvah. Oh, and Naomi mentions, oh, just get your assistant, yada, yada. And Sophie's like, yes, I have an assistant. That is a thing that I have. So then we cut to the bar. That's where they hang. Charlie is working. He loves being a bartender. He feels like it gives him purpose. And he's just kind of like riding this, this wave of, positive Yelp reviews and really just kind of like dragging Ellen for (laughs) not working. 
I mean, it is kind of wild, the jobs, like the overall job situation of this group. None of them really have like a steady, steady job, it seems. Maybe Val, but we're not really sure because we're still not really sure what she does. And it seems like she just does bitch work most of the day anyways. No, but- I'm, I mean, I think we got some clarity on what she does. She is an exploited assistant at like a fashion company. Yes. I guess it's steady, but it's terrible. It's steady, but terrible. So Val is steady, but terrible. Sophie is a street photographer who has no gigs. <laughs> Jesse is a substitute teacher slash Uber driver slash musician. <laughs> Sid is a bar owner who never actually is working at his own bar, which he took out. a, a He self-proclaimed a lot of money <laughs> to yeah. really get this bar off the ground. And then he's like, yeah, you know what? You guys take care of it. <laughs> and then we have Ellen, former produce farmer, currently unemployed. She's living off the lettuce money. Sure. But Charlie is seeing the Yelp reviews for the bar, and he's pleased with himself. Then Sophie comes in, and she shares her news in an extra cheery voice. And Sid's like, I know that voice. Um, because that's what, that's how he says depressing news too. Oh, you're doing that thing where you say like sad words in a happy voice. I do it. This bar is hemorrhaging money. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Maybe because you're never working at it. (laughs) Maybe. But yeah, that's, that's about it in terms of Sid and Sophie for the episode. I'm always keeping, keeping a watchful eye on them. And I feel like that was the only that was the that was the one liner of the episode, I think. Not Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet was too. Sophie needs an assistant for the bat mitzvah, so she is trying to get someone to help her out, trying to get Val to help her out specifically. But Val says she can't do it. She still needs to accessorize Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, well, the pro wrestler. <laughs> I don't remember like how Val or why Val ultimately agreed to do this, but she does. Um, it seems like Sophie kind of guilts her. She's like, Val, you have such a great career and 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 my career is <laughs> <laughs> and then Val is like, fine, I'll I'll be your assistant. Meanwhile, Jesse and Sid, they both have some work to do. They are going to have what they call a pound day, which is interesting. As a concept, mm-hmm. as, a, as a choice, they are going to pound out their work. Jesse is going to write his first solo song since Meredith. And Sid is going to work on the guest list for the wedding. This is this is the, Jesse's episode in terms of like the Sof- the Sophie moments, because she, you know, she kind of encourages him. She's like, yeah, you got this. You could do this. You could write this song. And here you go. Here is one of my bangles, my one of my lucky bangles. Yeah, how many bangles does she have? Girl is wearing a whole arm. I know. Do like people from still wrist to elbow. do people still wear bangles in 2022? People are still barely going out in 2022. <laughs> so that happens, and then it is pound day. Let the, your notes are ridiculous. <laughs> you could have taken so here's the thing marissa was too lazy to take her own notes this week so she was like i'll just draft off of your notes and so <laughs> yeah marissa's on deadline as as she has mentioned so if this sounds a little like i don't know what i'm reading it's because i don't but according to sam let the pounding begin <laughs> <laughs> what let it begin it was it's pound day. They need. They should have gone full out with pound day. Got got some pound cake. <laughs> hung up some pound signs on the wall. Just pound, yeah. pound, pound. Yeah. Except they are both so easily distracted by everything, which is something that felt like a personal attack to me mm-hmm. in this moment. Like I, that really resonated with me. They're distracted first by there is a like a like a pigeon, a New York pigeon at the window making its pigeon noises and jesse's like i can't work like this that's me on tuesdays when the landscapers come 
Oh, I thought you were going to say that's you every day at four o'clock when the giant swarm of birds oh, all leaves yeah. at the same time. We do have a bird situation here. Yeah. It's true. But no, I was talking, I was thinking about the landscapers and the second, second that lawnmower starts, I'm just like, nope. They're here every, well, you know, they're coming, you know, Tuesday is maintenance yard work day and they come and they take care of the yard. I know. To be clear, this is, this is very much an apartment situation. We are not, we are not bougie enough at this point (laughs) in our life to have act, to have landscapers landscaping a property of ours. That's true, but you aspire to have a yard at some point anyways, in which case you You would still... No, yards are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But in which case you would still have that distraction on a regular basis. That's true. I guess I just have to work through it. Like Jesse and Sid have to work through the birds. Yeah. They don't though. So wait, so what happens first? First, does he open the window and the bird comes in? No, so at this point... Jesse opens the window and tries to shoo the bird away, and the bird doesn't go away. In fact, this ends up drawing in another bird. At this point, though, they're still outside, and Sid is going to Google how to get rid of the birds, and this leads him to TikTok, where he sees a video of a bird makeup uh, tutorial. Again, very much resonated with me. When you don't want to, when you (laughs) no, because when I don't want to do shit. I go to TikTok and I find Hillary and Haley Duff sibling conspiracy theories. <laughs> They're not working, essentially. That, that's the TDLR of this situation. They're not pounding. They are not. <laughs> then we cut back to the bar and, oh man, Charlie has received a one-star review and he is not happy about it. As someone who you know, has a bit of experience in this realm in terms of I write books, I put books out into the world, people have things to say about the books. Some really lovely things, some not so lovely things. But you know what you don't do? You do not pursue negative reviews. You do not look yourself up. You do not see a one-star review and then be like i must find this person (laughs) like i feel like i've seen this storyline before and i forget where i've you know what i've probably seen it many times i definitely saw it in like a black mirror episode (laughs) but i feel like i saw it somewhere else as well i mean no this is exactly what you do someone gives you a bad review hunt them down (laughs) (laughs) also make them pay this doesn't make sense to me in terms of charlie and like, not that Charlie wouldn't care, but like Charlie, if he is from the aristocracy, if he is a public figure across the pond, he should be used to people talking about him in potentially a negative light or in any light at all. Like this should not be, this should not affect him so deeply. Like why, like, I feel like you would be, he would have media training. He would know from like a young age. Do you think it's just because this bartending gig means so much to him and he's taking so much pride in it at this moment? I don't know. I'm just trying to make it make sense. (laughs) Well, stop it. You can't. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, if you think about the Royals, like you think that Harry and Meghan are like Googling themselves, like hell no. I think they are. What do you mean? They for sure are. They probably Google themselves, you know, several times a day. No, they don't. They probably did. And even if they didn't, they couldn't get away from it. But like, even you Google yourself. Everybody Googles themselves. Do you Google yourself? Yeah, but there's too many Sam Chunks. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing, and and I don't do anything exciting, so there's nothing about me. (laughs) True. But I'm just saying, like, Charlie... You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. That is okay. The answer is not to seek out and destroy the opposition. To pound the opposition. (laughs) That's all. That's all. That's all. He's like, that's literally his mission in this episode is to figure out who wrote the review and make them revise it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's not my issue. My issue is just like the strategy for him hunting this person down. He's like, you know who it is. They're probably still in this bar right now. They probably haven't left. All reviewers continue to stay in the bar forever. 
I know who it is. It's not, it's like someone who gave him a bad review is just hanging out. Like they would never come back. Right. <laughs> totally. The logic. Yeah. The logic makes no sense. But he's on a mission and so is Sophie. So we cut to the bat mitzvah. Val immediately reacts to the bat mitzvah girl herself because, oh my gosh, this is none other than Rivka Rebel social media influencer. She has so many followers. She is on live. She is terrible. I know you don't watch Arrested Development, but all I could think of this entire episode was Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher's Arrested Development character, Rebel Alley, who is the, uh, the daughter of, of Ron Howard, who Michael ends up trying to start a relationship with. Uh, unbeknownst to him, his son, George Michael, is also in a relationship with Rebel Alley. <laughs> what? See, now you're hooked. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a that was a plot line on the Netflix version of Arrested Development. I was going to say this must be the reboot, right? <laughs> like not, the, <laughs> not like child George Michael. No, not like 12-year-old <laughs> Michael Sarah. <laughs> Older Michael Sarah. Well... We're talking about Rifka Rebel now. And yes, this is where we get every stereotype of a Jewish American princess is Rifka Rebel. And I hate that. Like, that's so disappointing. It feels like such a lazy way to tell this story. And even like the fact that her tagline is you can contour a bad nose, but not a bad attitude. Like that also is like particularly <laughs> triggering. It, it's so upsetting <laughs> to me. She is here. It's her party and she will only take selfies and be on live. She will not pose for amateurs, which also like doesn't make sense. Like if you, if, if this girl like is establishing a brand if she is used to being in front of a camera she wants to be in front of a camera so like why would she be refusing to take pictures she was expecting that guy from the makeup show oh my god I know who you mean he has a cool name and I can't think of it right now oh my god it's going to bother me um, all right. While Marissa is Googling this, uh, we get our second Lin-Manuel drop of the episode. So this woman, Naomi, really wants you to know that she knows Lin-Manuel. She's Rankin. One of, she's one of those people. It's Rankin. Rankin. Yeah. She wants Rankin. She yeah. won't settle for anybody less. <laughs> Sorry. What were you setting up? I was just talking about how this woman is like, uh, <laughs> I know Lin-Manuel. Yeah. He loves to photobomb. So that is why the last photographer quit. Rivka is difficult to work with. I'm annoyed because this Naomi character is horrible. Like she's putting Sophie in this situation, knowing who her daughter is and what she is going to act like. She reels Sophie in with not even like a promise, but like a maybe. It doesn't sound like she's actually paying her money to do this event, which she absolutely should be. Yeah, Sophie is a terrible negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to take that negotiating masterclass. Yeah, it's just, it's not good on all fronts. So then back at the bar, Charlie is locked in on a target. It's a woman named Sylvia. He thinks that Sylvia is the bad review. Again, chances are, I, I, I realize that, you know, the conclusion is yes, the person is in the bar, but chances are, the bad Yelper is no is no longer in the bar. Like how many people leave a bad review and are then like, but I'll stick around. Or like, I'll come back. It's like committing a murder and just being like, well, let's see how it plays out. I'll just hang <laughs> see, out here. Hang out at the scene of the crime. <laughs> yeah. And back at the apartment, back at Pound Day, Jesse and Sid have tried to recreate the bird makeup tutorial on each other. So now they have full like face paint bird. Sid can paint. He has an artistic eye. I mean, when you're just following a makeup tutorial, like. No, there were details. There were details, but I would assume it's like when you go to a paint night, you know, and they walk you through every step of it. There is, there are still varying degrees of success as you can see, because Jesse, on the other hand, does not nail it. No, he does terribly. So there is, there's still always like, yes, 
there are step-by-step instructions, but there is still a talent component to a certain degree. Mm, Sure. Some people are just naturally more artistic. So I'm confused about this. Did they just have all this makeup lying around? Again, nothing about this show makes <laughs> or sense. Or did they did they go out and then come back? Yeah, they're like, you know what we need right now? Face paint. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they just go into the closet. You know what we happen to have a giant <laughs> surplus of? Blue makeup. I don't know, man. You can't think too deeply, you know? I'm starting to accept that. Are you? I don't think. I'm I, not. I, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, no. There are so many pigeons inside the apartment now. Yes. They did not close the window. Rookie mistake. Mm. So then back at the bat mitzvah, it's not going well. Sophie is continuing to get dragged by Rivka on Instagram. Val's like, I'm cool. I, I'm hip. I know Gen Z lingo. Let me talk to her. I don't even know if Rivka would even technically be Gen Z. Rivka was born in 2009. I think Gen Z safely goes until 2010. Because as we know... Gen Z didn't start until 1996, 97, which is why you are a millennial. We're not even going to get into that right now, okay? As, we're not, as we're we've not, gotten into on the podcast before, you my, are a not, millennial. We're not talking about my identity crisis. Regardless, talking to Rifka does not go well for Val either. Sophie is really tense, anxious. Val's like, hey, I got some like Xanax in my purse. Want one? No, no, no. Sophie cannot do pills. And here we have, is this the cringe? Is this the cringe of the episode? This This is is up there for sure, yeah. Because Sophie says last time she took a Benadryl, she emailed her cousin and told him she'd always wanted to kiss him. Yeah, he's an underwear model. (laughs) Which just took such a weird, unnecessary, incesty turn. He was one of the 88 Tinder dates. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) This is why she's not finding anybody. <laughs> she wants to be kissing cousins. I mean, Val here, poor, terrible assistant job. She's so transparently just looking to build her own Instagram following. Just kind of leech off this 13-year-old. Yeah, which like, this is our first sort of introduction into Val's world a little bit. And I'm still really mystified by it. Like, Well, I would our- say it's the second because... She did come back from London Fashion Week with a stalker. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Are you trying to, what, what brand are you trying to build? I'm not, like, it's unclear to me. Are you trying to just influence? Are you a stylist? Are you influence. a designer? Like, what part of this industry do you belong? Like, I'm just still very, it's very vague. Very vague. Very vague. Vague. <laughs> When you think about the fact that Rivka is 13 years old and has this massive platform that seems to be very unmonitored, that brings up a lot of questions for me as well. Because as you know, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about child influencers and like the, that whole like situation. I have watched documentaries about child influencers and usually it's like the parents are driving the boat here like the parents are really behind it the parents are curating the content and the children are more like props it just feels like she's very young to be so in control of her brand and her narrative and for there to not be any like parental oversight like you can you you technically cannot even have an Instagram account until you are 13. So, how has this child just like instantly amassed such a following? YouTube unboxing videos. Unboxing videos. <laughs> I don't know. I have questions. You know what? Probably makeup tutorials. She was the bird makeup tutorial person. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. <laughs> that would have been a fun twist. Maybe it's all in the subtext. Was it? I don't know that we got that. No, I would not have got that either. But in our headcanon, that could be the case. I feel like we learned here, or this is unrelated. So we learned here that the bar is called Pemberton's. It just feels like Sid would want to change. Like, why is this bar still called Pemberton's? Like, what does Pemberton's mean to Sid? Yeah, that's a good point. It's like. It's not like it has to be Pemberton's forever. 
Right. Like he he's almost treating this bar as if he inherited it's it. It's like it's a museum or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can let's like talking about brands like Sid, what is your brand? Because we're not getting anything. No. From what you're putting down. For sure. It's like his brand is cheers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That eggshell white paint, it has dried. Move on. Yeah. Refurbish. Mm-hmm. With what money, though? Uh, the money that he's going to use to pay for two weddings. Duh. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's see. Okay. Back to pound day. They call animal control about the birds, but animal control refuses to come. Unclear why. Sid is Googling again. Jesse has a brilliant idea to put snacks on the fire escape to kind of like lure the birds out. And I thought, oh my God, no, he's going to just like attract even more birds. But instead, they like actually climb out onto the fire escape and the window shuts and they are trapped. And this didn't make sense to me. Is that what you were going to say too? Shocker. Something in the episode did not make sense. Were you going to say what I'm going to say? Uh, Were you going to say, why didn't they just climb down? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they're like, oh no, it's locked. Is this like a self-locking window though? Because it was like open. Like how are they unable to just like, that didn't, that really threw me for a loop. That wasn't, I mean, no, that wasn't, the fact that they didn't just go down <laughs> was what really confused me. That too. They're like, they're like oh, I oh guess. no, we're stuck here on the fire escape. There is a way to leave. That is the entire point of a fire escape. Yeah, that you can escape. <laughs> that you can escape. Um, but they're just going to chill there. Um, back at the bar, Charlie is going to do a charm offensive on Sylvia, but it doesn't work. He tries to tell a joke. It's not a good joke. She hates prank comedy and <laughs> he's like he says something about putting a laxative in her drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, why did I put a laxative in your drink? She's like, what? <laughs> One star. Yeah, the punchline is for shits and giggles. Like that's not even good. Charlie's so problematic. In a twist. I don't know. Did you see this coming? I kind of saw it coming. I mean, I've I've been on the record saying that these two characters should be mortal enemies. I know. I loved this <laughs> for you. But when this reveal happened, I was like, oh, there's drama. But it's always resolved way too quickly. It's resolved way too quickly. It needs to be ongoing. It needs to be not just one season, seasons long vitriol <laughs> that, <laughs> that just oozes out of them. And they just can't stand each other. But now they have to live together. Oh, yes. Um, Because we learn that Ellen is the one who wrote the bad review in a drunken rage. Yeah. So she's end up she ends up like saying things to Charlie that she's actually written in her (laughs) in her bad review. Yeah. Just like different like turns of phrase that Charlie recognized because, of course, he has memorized this entire review to a T. Charlie's been making Ellen feel bad about herself, going on and on about how he has purpose, and she doesn't. And, like, honestly, fair, I would feel attacked, too. (laughs) Like, Ellen's just finding her way right now, and that's okay. I mean, like, if you have a safety net, if you have that privilege, go off. I mean, when you think about it, like, the core of this show is just, like, this group of friends Acquaintances. Acquaintances. (laughs) Mutuals who, you know, especially in like the Charlie, like the newer characters, like Sophie, Sophie's doing her thing. I don't know how she's making money. Whatever. Val does have a job. She's probably getting paid next to nothing for it, but she's getting by. But it's like Ellen has a safety net. Charlie has a safety net. Like he, he got disowned, but at the end of the day, I'm sure that like if he and Val broke up and he went back to England, they would his family would take him back because mm-hmm. this is a pattern. They're like, oh, no, Charlie's Charlie's done it again. <laughs> like Sid had enough money to take out a loan to buy a bar. Like, I don't know, just thinking about the different like. Well, Sid can always just leave and go 
live with his fiance. That's true too. Like there is a safe, there is a built-in safety net with him. Like, I don't know the thinking about all of this, like privilege that is seeped into this, like New York aesthetic life that Mm -hmm. we are seeing. It's just interesting. Like who in this group is really the most like down on their luck? Like Sophie? The most down on their luck. I don't know. Like, it's very unclear to me. Like, I, 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 so, like, Sophie's the only character who, like, we know for sure, like, had a rough childhood, did, did not, like, come from money. But I don't know how she's supporting herself. I have no idea either. It makes very little sense. I don't know. That was, that was a tangent. But we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to the Ellen of it all. And how she feels like she, she's she been in New York for the same amount of time as Charlie. And look at Charlie. Charlie has a girlfriend. Charlie has a job. And he's so much further ahead than her. And she is jealous. Cue drunken one-star review. And Charlie feels bad. So then back at the bat mitzvah, Val is still trying to get in with Rivka it seems like it might be working because Rivka tagged her in a photo and it already has 6,000 likes. And Sophie's getting annoyed because it's becoming very clear that Val is seeing this as an opportunity for herself and she's supposed to be there supporting Sophie. This is supposed to be Sophie's moment. And oh no, did Valentina just drug children? Yes, (laughs) 100% yes. Why isn't Drew the uh, the assistant? Yeah, where'd Drew go? Drew's not in this episode. Forget you, Drew. Stay at your whatever farm. Yeah. Wicker farm. Rivka is like, oh, it kicks in this fast, and Val brought Adderall to a bat mitzvah. Apparently, she just carries drugs around with her. I, I was going to say, she didn't just bring Adderall. She <laughs> brought, like, five different kinds of drugs. And now a bunch of children are acting like they are drugged. And not only does Sophie not have any photos, she has five high 13-year-olds. Great. This is going so well for them. Into the coat room, they go. Sophie is so frustrated. She is pissed. Like, Val, this is, again, supposed to be her moment. Val, you have this cool job. You have this great life. Why are you trying to exploit this moment for yourself? And that's when Val is like, because my job isn't great. My job sucks too. I wasn't accessorizing Timothy Chalamet. I was getting a suit for my boss. Like she just does bitch work for a stylist, it seems. And it's just kind of living that like exploited assistant life right now. Well, she does have 6,000 new likes. On what? I don't know. It's probably like a picture of her with a 13-year-old. Yeah, building that brand. What is the brand, though? That's not even your brand. It's her, it's it's the 13-year-old's brand. Conflict in this show is always very short-lived. They kind of say their words, but then immediately make up. Like you said, I want more conflict. Well, we get a mystery. So it turns out lying about, uh, you know, how things are going in your life violates the code and this code also includes never talking about halloween 2018 what happens i don't know they're the don't ask get out of here the writers are putting a lot of stock in us caring about what happened (laughs) halloween 2018 i know never think about it again i promise i know like what happened at anybody's halloween 2018 (laughs) um but val is like i don't know you just think that I have my shit together and I like that I didn't want to pop the illusion and then they make up as it turns out Val doesn't carry around just one tin of drugs she carries around two tins of drugs at least one of them is the shit that gets you high the other one is just like ibuprofen and probiotics and that is the tin that the children took so no this show did not depict high children it's just a placebo effect. But it basically did. These kids didn't actually get high. They just thought they were high because that is so much better. This works out great because now they can 
blackmail children. They are going to continue to let the children believe they are high. That way, Sophie will get her photos because if Rifka does not pose, she does not do what Sophie says, they're going to tell her mother that she is on some hardcore drugs. And if Rifka does drugs, Rifka will have her phone taken away. And her phone is her life. Love this. By that, by which I mean I hate this. It's just, so, it's such low-hanging fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, like, the idea that this whole episode and the career opportunity, quotation marks, air quotes, that comes out of it involves her, like, blackmailing a child is just a choice, you know? That's what, that's what you need to do to get ahead in life. <laughs> if you really want to get into that gallery, you got to stick it to the kids. <laughs> Back on the fire escape, because they still have not decided to escape. Jesse and Sid have a little like heart to heart moment. Jesse's really struggling with his with his song. He doesn't know if his stuff will be good without Meredith. Sid is struggling with the guest list for the wedding because so many of the people that he wants at the wedding are still in India and it would be a lot for them to get to New York. So his dream has always been to have two weddings, but he doesn't want, like, he's like, Hannah's already working her ass off planning this one wedding, so I can't make her plan two. First of all, why, is, why, would the, why does the burden of responsibility fall to Hannah when she is a doctor and you are a bar owner who barely works? Oh my God, like, I don't know, planning an elopement was enough. Imagine planning two weddings. I cannot with, <laughs> with no money. It's sweet, but also just not practical. Then animal control arrives. Wizards of Waverly Place Dad is here. They are saved. Then we get the resolution of the Charlie and Ellen saga much too soon. Back at their apartment, Charlie apologizes to Ellen. No, don't apologize. You are right. She's a loser. (laughs) By writing a positive Yelp review about her. Don't forgive him. You are right. He's a serial killer. One star. (laughs) Yes, apparently Charlie made Ellen a business on Yelp. Because you can't Yelp a person. You just can't. (laughs) It's a fairly saccharine review, but... It does the job until he like posts her phone number at the end and creeps start calling her. I feel like Charlie, as the episodes go on, he becomes more of a caricature, you know, like he becomes Mm -hmm. more like I feel like any sort of like nuance and character development and complexity just keeps getting like sucked away from him. And we should be going in the opposite direction, right? Like usually characters become more developed as a series progresses. Usually. (laughs) not i would say that that is not the case here but i'm always down to be surprised and then finally we are back at the bat mitzvah rifka is posing for photos naomi is impressed sophie can send her one singular best photo that really represents who she is as an artist and naomi will consider squeezing it into her show And Sophie's like, I know exactly what photo to send. Just kidding. I have no idea. Which also doesn't make sense because you already sent her a portfolio. Like, if you have a body of work, (laughs) pick something. No, she needs a new photo. A new photo that summarizes her in one photo. It should be like one single sock with a hole in it. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. What? She's alone. She's aware that she's alone. And she's broken. Single sock with a hole in it. Nailed it. (laughs) Well, I'm like, does Sophie even know who she is as an artist? I don't know. All right. A single white sock with a hole in it. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) So Sophie, it all works out for Sophie. And then Sid and Jesse are back in their apartment. They're inside. There are no birds Everything gets kind of like neatly tied up in a bow here too because Sid tells Jesse that he talked to Hannah and Hannah totally gets it. Two weddings, it's on. Let's go. Um, And Jesse sits down at his keyboard. 
he pulls out of his pocket the lucky bangle that Sophie gave him. They're really trying to like make this a moment. The camera kind of like lingers on him like looking at it. And then he puts it down tenderly and starts playing some very basic chords on the piano. Writing a song like this, I'm sorry, I call it BS. Yeah, writing talk a, about it. Writing talk a song like this is not luck. It's like you have something to say or you have uh, something you think sounds good. And it's not luck. It's just like playing around with it or indeed coming up with what you want to say in your song and saying it. <laughs> like that doesn't involve any, like a lucky bangle will not help you. Like that's not luck. That's just doing the work. See, I'm taking what you're saying and I'm applying it to like my current situation. And you're right. Yeah, you think if you had a lucky bangle, you'd be able to finish your book faster. You'd just be struck with inspiration. You never know. No, that's not how, no, no, BS, BS. I was underwhelmed by whatever was happening musically, I just have to say. By whatever was happening musically. Yeah. You weren't I, a fan of his, so he wasn't even singing, it was just piano. I was going to say, I expected him to just like <laughs> burst into song. No, he has no, he has no words. He does not. He has nothing to say. And we all know, look, it's not, <laughs> it's not that hard to write a song, right? I can't drive and I can't vote. I can't even pierce my nose. So what does it mean to be 13? I can go to the movies and see PG-13. Can't see them when you're 12. PG-13, PG-13, PG-13. Yeah, see, Jesse, Addie Singer was dropping bars. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't think that much. Yeah, she had something to say. She said it. <laughs> Not even when you're 12. Yeah. Or can't see it when you're 12. That line still gets me. Or uh, or like this. <laughs> Look, everybody can write it. Anyone can write a song. Let's let's chill out here. It's not it doesn't does take a lucky bangle. Wow. And on that note, did I miss anything? Is there anything to add? I'm very sleep deprived right now. <laughs> okay, you're going off the rails too. <laughs> no, I don't have anything else to add uh, about this episode. I think I agree. Uh, kissing cousins is the cringiest line. Although drugging a bunch of kids, also pretty cringy. But no, it's probably kissing cousins. Yeah, and just because it wasn't the hard stuff, that that was a technicality. You got lucky. That was luck. Yeah, that was <laughs> luck. Yeah, I mean, what did, what's the byproduct of just, like, chugging probiotics? Like, it can't be good to just eat all these probiotics either. Yeah, it's just a stomachache. Yeah. Maybe. We are in the home stretch, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just three episodes more of yes. season one. We'll see where it takes us. Indeed. I mean, will it take us anywhere? <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> but that's what we get double the episodes in season two for. I hope we learn that the father is actually Woody Harrelson. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. I think we just cracked it. Woody Harrelson is the father. <laughs> no. That was why she saw it from the inside. Okay, I'm putting a pin on, in this. We're done. That's enough. Okay. It's over. And plot twist, Woody Harrelson is always with her. So he was on the bridge that night. Okay, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Until then, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Send us your thoughts at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this for some reason and you want to hear I'm other things sure that why. we've recorded, you can find that at our website, www paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. Oh, and crowning around is back. So <laughs> if uh, you want to hear about a show that uh, really delves into some British drama, not the Charlie British drama, but real British drama, uh, we're talking about the crown over on crowning around. We'll see you back here next week to talk about episode eight. Will Sophie get the perfect photo? What do you think the perfect photo is? I have no idea. 
single sock. I have like two creative brain cells remaining right now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>